If you have your Bibles, turn to John the 14th chapter. John the 14th chapter as we continue in our study on the promises of God. And we look at the promise of heaven. The promise of heaven. I apologize that there are no notes in your bulletin. You'll have to take down notes if you want to keep them. I hope you want to do that. And I hope you will write down a few things as we go along our way and look through Scripture on the promise of heaven. You know, some people don't believe in heaven. It's hard to believe that. But there are people who don't believe in heaven. But I've never met anyone who didn't want to go to heaven, whether they believed in it or not. And there are uh, some incredible things in Scripture that teach us about heaven, but not all questions are answered. You cannot find the answer to every question that you would have about heaven in the Bible. But I can promise you that you want to go there. The one thing that we do know for sure, and the only answer that really matters to any question is this, and I'll never forget my mother telling me this truth. She said, this is all you need to know about heaven. We will be in God's presence forever. And that's good enough for me. And it should be good enough for you. The great news is this, in Revelations 21, and we'll go there in just a few moments, but in Revelations 21, it does teach us that it is a place, and heaven is a place where there is no more death, there is no more sorrow, there is no more crying, and there is no more pain. And that sounds like a place that I want to be. Now, there's some incredible misconceptions about heaven. Um, you won't be playing a harp in heaven, and I'm thankful for that because I've heard some of you play instruments before, and that's a frightening thing. You won't be floating on a cloud. Uh, there's better things to do than floating on the cloud. That's just a misconception. There's no way that you will earn your wings in heaven. Uh, there's nothing that you can do to earn anything in heaven. By the time you get to heaven, your price has already been paid for you, and it's been bought. Heaven is not a church service. It's not where Jesus is the pastor and the sermon goes for 80 million years. That's not heaven. Uh, this is a wonderful practice for what heaven is. What the choir just did for you and what we do every Sunday morning when we come is practice. But it's little league practice compared to what heaven's going to be. As amazing as this choir is, as amazing as the orchestra is, as amazing as Andre is in leading us to worship, can you imagine gathered with millions of people singing praises to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords? How amazing will that be? It's nothing that you will ever be able to comprehend, but promise, I promise you it is something that you want to go. The frightening thing to me, to a certain extent, too, about being an American is there's a tendency to think that uh, heaven is going to be uh, kind of like America. You know, and, and there's a tendency also for us who have been so privileged to live in such a wonderful country and for those who have died and given their lives so that we could have the freedom that we have, then the misconception comes along that it couldn't be much better than what we have now. We live in wonderful homes, we drive wonderful cars, we have wonderful recreational lives when we go on vacation, we do many wonderful things, and why in the world would we want to give that up for heaven? Well, I can tell you right now that everything you have, everything you own, 
every place you've ever been in your life pales in comparison to what's waiting for you in heaven one day as a believer in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you three things real briefly that I want you to know about heaven. And as we do that, let's read the scripture, John 14, and let's just take from scripture what Jesus teaches us about heaven. In John 14, the very first verse, you'll see this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Now, this word troubled right here is, is the Greek word terasso, and it just means stirred up. And what Christ is trying to tell you and trying to tell me is you should not allow your heart to be stirred up over what the future is going to hold. Uh, don't be worried. Don't be troubled about what heaven is going to be like. Um, I, I was trying to think. It, it's like a baker who's telling you that the cake he's preparing for your birthday is going to be magnificent. Now, if a baker tells you that, and he's a world-renowned baker, you're excited about what the cake is going to look like. Now, if you go to an auto mechanic and say, I'd like for you to fix me a birthday cake, you might wonder what the birthday cake would look like. But you wouldn't with a baker. This is what Jesus Christ is telling you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords says, do not let your heart be stirred up or troubled over what is getting ready to happen. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And in verse 3 he says, and if I go and, and uh, prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Three things, real briefly, that I want you to know about heaven. We could do so much more, and this could be a whole series on its own, but we're only looking at God's promises right here. So we're going to take just a moment and break into what the promise of heaven is. The first is this, heaven is a prepared place. In verse 1 it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. That word place is the word topo. And the understanding there is the understanding that you would have when somebody does topography or makes a map. The understanding is that Christ tells us that he's going to prepare a place. And that place is for you and for me. And in the preparing, Christ is giving us a map. He's saying, I want you to understand two things. I want you to understand that heaven is an incredible place and I'm going to prepare it for you, but I also want you to understand that it's a, prepace, it's a place that's prepared for you, and it's a place that you have to accept me to go to. But it is a prepared place. It is waiting for you. I went by Andre's office this morning and asked for something. I asked for a booklet of when he does choir tours, and he said, oh, I have one on my desk right over there. I don't know if you've ever traveled with Andre before uh, on any kind of trip, choir trip or choir mission trip, or the youth have done it, 
uh, and uh, certainly the adult choir have, have done it also. But when you travel with Andre, you get one of these. This is what you get. This book is called Defining Moments. It is, I think it's when the youth choir, didn't they go to do this? And uh, this is what he hands. It's um, 25 pages long. Now, if any of you have ever been on a trip with me, this is what you get. Uh, I usually just say, follow me, and I'm trying to get us where we're going. If you go with Andre, this is what you get. Here's the schedule for the first day. Just bear with me for a moment. At 5.30, we're going to meet at the Nacogdoches Church, First Baptist, and we're going to load luggage on the bus. At 5.45, we're going to be praying in the chapel. At 6 o'clock, we're going to leave the church. At 8.15, we're going to arrive at the airport, Bush Intercontinental Airport. You're going to unload your luggage, and you're going to check in. And in case you want to know the address to the airport, I have it right here with the phone number, okay? <laughs> at 10.30, we're departing on Continental Airlines Flight 409. At 11.50, we're going to get to the San Diego Airport. We're going to get to the luggage, we're going to load the bus, and here's the address of the San Diego International Airport along with the phone number. Lunch is at 1.30, we're going to be at San Diego, California by then, and you're going to have various choices to eat. At 2.30, we're going to depart from lunch, we're going to shop at Target for 15 minutes while we look for supplies. <laughs> Andre has never been with my wife to Target because you can't <laughs> shop at 15 minutes at Target. 4 o'clock, you're going to depart. At 4.30, we're going to check in to the Nazarene University. That's where we're staying. And here's the address and the phone number for the Nazarene University. 6.30, we're going to depart. Uh, 6.45, we're going to eat. At 8 o'clock, we're going to depart again. And at 8.30, we're going to arrive at the dorm. At 9 o'clock, we're having prime time. At 11 o'clock, the lights go out. That's day one. <laughs> I can give you the rundown for every day in here. It's the way Andre does things. Yeah, I know. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Some people like to be prepared. That's all right. I get that. I understand that. That's exactly right. Uh, that's exactly what Jesus did. Uh, now, lest you misunderstand me, and you can visit with Rana if you want to, but Andre is not Jesus, okay? Uh, <laughs> He's not anywhere close to Jesus. I work with him. Uh, you can trust me on that. <laughs> but he's wonderful when it comes to planning things and preparing things and making a schedule and making sure that everything goes according to plan. Can you take that in your mind and multiply it times a bazillion? Because that's what Jesus Christ has done for you. He's taking everything that you ever needed to know and He's made the preparations for you. A lot of it is written down in this book. In fact, in just a few moments, we'll turn to Revelation 21 and we'll look there for a moment and you'll find things and things and more things about what Jesus Christ has prepared for you and prepared for me in heaven. But the most important thing that you need to know this morning is this. There's a place that's prepared for you and for me. And listen to me when I tell you this. I want you to be there. And Jesus Christ wants you to be there. You know, before long, 
you will gather somewhere for Thanksgiving. You will gather uh, for a magnificent meal, I hope, with family and with friends. But somebody's going to be preparing that meal for you. This year, it's at our house. We rotate around. Maybe you do that also. But this year, all of Laura's family is coming to our house for Thanksgiving. And the preparations are already underway. We've already begun to do many, many things to prepare for her family to be here. Can you imagine the disappointment on Laura's face on Thanksgiving morning if none of her family came? If she put all the meal in the oven, she had the house perfectly clean, she had everything ready, just waiting at the door for the first family member to arrive so that she could open the door and she could welcome them in and she could say, so glad you're here for Thanksgiving. And yet no one showed. That's what Jesus Christ is telling you. And he's telling me, he's saying, listen to me. I've prepared a place for you and I want to open the door and I want to welcome you in. Don't miss that opportunity to be at his place for eternity. Well, the second thing is this. Not only is heaven a prepared place, but heaven is a perfect place. You heard me talk about John 21, or excuse me, Revelations 21. Would you turn there? Revelations, the 21st chapter. Now, I thought for a moment about reading this entire chapter to you because it's an amazing chapter, but in lieu of time, I don't want to do that this morning, but I encourage you this afternoon or sometime this week as you get time to go home and read Revelations 21. It's an amazing account of what heaven is going to be like. And remember, we talked about it being a, a prepared place, but now we're talking about it being a perfect place. And I want to just show you two or three things uh, of the many things that are perfect about heaven. First is this, it, it's perfectly prepared for you. I, I talked about it being a prepared place, but listen to the perfection in the preparation. Look at verse 15, Revelations 21, verse 15. It says, The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide as, and high as it is long. He measured its wall and it was 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. Now listen to me. There, there's incredible things that, that are going on here. And one of the things is the perfect protection, the perfect security. When, when, when John here talks about a 144 cubit wide wall, he's talking about the protection and the security of heaven. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ and when you form a relationship with him and you walk through life with Jesus Christ, then your eternity is guaranteed and you are protected and you are secured in that. That's one of the perfect preparations that is going on. But the other perfect preparation is this. When it talks about the measurements of what heaven is going to be like, listen to this. If you take those measurements and, and take all the multiplication that needs to be involved, 
to make an understanding of what the amount of space is that's available. Dr. D. James Kennedy, who was pastor for years of Coral Gables, Florida Presbyterian Church, did those measurements. And this is what he calculated, that if you multiplied all that together and looked at the space that was available for you and me in this perfectly prepared place, it would amount to one trillion, one hundred and eighty-eight billion square miles. You don't think heaven's big enough for you? If every person who's ever lived on the face of this earth from Adam and Eve to this moment was to go to heaven, which we know is not true. We know that not everybody's going to be in heaven. But if every person was to be allowed in, there would be 200 square miles per family. That means that you would have 200 square miles around you without even having to see somebody else. But we know that's not true because we know not everybody's going to heaven. Even if you took half of everybody who's ever lived on the face of this planet and they were to be in heaven, you would end up somewhere around 400 square miles per family. It's an amazing thing to think about. It's amazing to think of the perfection that God understood in using and preparing a place for me and you to go. But the other thing I want you to see is that it's perfectly beautiful. Uh, it's a perfectly beautiful place. Look at verse 1 and 2. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. You know, this is in my office. It's in my office with pride. It frustrates me sometimes because people come in and go, oh, she's beautiful and she hasn't changed at all. And then they don't say anything else about me. <laughs> this is just a glimpse, not Laura, but this is a glimpse of the beauty of what God has prepared for you. Did you understand that about a wedding ceremony? Did you understand why all the hoopla is about the bride? The reason that all the hoopla is about the bride is because the understanding from Scripture is that's what Jesus Christ has prepared for you. Do you know that a lot of times when we're doing a wedding in the sanctuary here, the groom will be standing right here and, and the congregation will stand, the, the doors will fly open, and the bride who's been working all day long to prepare herself to look beautiful for her husband, the doors fly open and the bride is back there. And it wasn't too long ago that um, one of the grooms came to me and said, can I ask you something? And I said, what's that? And he said, you know when... I'm standing here and, and the congregation is going to stand up and they're going to fly open those doors. And I said, yes. And he said, I won't be able to see my bride. I went, good point. 
He said, I said, this is about you seeing your bride. And he said, yes. He said, can I come stand over here? And I said, let's do that. I like that. So I was, all the bridesmaids had come in and everything, and I knew that they were getting ready to, to let go on the piano and organ with Here Comes the Bride, and I went, go. And he walked over to here, and he stood there, and they flew those doors open, and you could see his face. And his face lit up because the woman that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with had done everything in her power to be as beautiful as she could be for that special day. That's exactly what's happening here. Jesus Christ is telling you and telling me He's prepared a perfectly beautiful place for you and me. Look at, look at verse um, 18. Revelations 21, verse 18. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city and the walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth uh, chrysopace, the eleventh jacinth. And the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Well, God's taking everything that we think is spectacular, everything that we would ever pay valuable money for, every jewel, every pearl, everything of gold, everything that he knew would be of great value in our minds. And he's saying, imagine heaven being made completely out of that. And he's trying to help you and to help me understand that this place where we're going is perfectly beautiful. Well, the last thing that I want to share with you is heaven has been provided for you. Heaven has been provided. Turn back to John for just a moment with me, the 14th chapter. John, the 14th chapter, you probably know this scripture. I, I, I would hope you do for the most part by heart where it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. But I love it when it says, in my father's house are many rooms. Many rooms. Uh, just this past Friday and Saturday, Laura and I had the privilege to go help Evan move Evan and Kristen uh, have bought a house up north of Dallas, and uh, they finally have gotten out of their one-bedroom apartment this weekend and moved into a house with three bedrooms and a, a little study. Just a, a cute little house. I'm so proud of him and her and so proud of their lives and what God is doing in their lives and, and how he's blessing them. But I couldn't help when I walked in the house to think, look at this house with many rooms that they can enjoy and that they can have the privilege of hopefully raising a family in one day. Well, that's what God is talking to you and me about here. He's saying, in my Father's house, I'm preparing many rooms and what he's saying to you and to me is there's a room for you there. 
And there's a room for me there. And he tells us in verse 6 how you get a room reservation. In verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, in this perfectly prepared place that's been prepared for you, there's only one way to get a room reservation, and that's to go through Jesus Christ. Listen to me when I tell you this. Buddha is not the way to get to heaven. Allah is not the way to get to heaven. Money is not the way to get to heaven. The only way to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the forgiveness of sins. And you can listen to Oprah and you can listen to anybody else you want to. You can listen to people who tell you that if you pay enough money, you'll get to heaven. And it's all baloney. Because Jesus Christ told us that the only way that you and I will ever get to this perfectly prepared place is if we place our faith in Him. And if we talk to Him through the forgiveness of our sins, which He died on the cross for us to do, And when we receive that forgiveness and when we enter into a relationship with Him, then a room is available for you and is available for me. Now, I read, uh, as I was preparing for this, I read about a Chicago mob boss by the name of William Flukey Stokes. And William Flukey Stokes had a son who was murdered in gang violence. And in the midst of being murdered in gang violence, William Flukey Stokes decided that he would send his son off like nobody else has ever been sent off before. And his name was William the Wimp Stokes. So William Flukey Stokes buried his son, William the Wimp Stokes, in a 1985 Cadillac. He placed his body in the Cadillac, they got a crane, they hoisted the Cadillac up, and they dropped it in the ground with the wimp Stokes sitting in the driver's seat. And they had his hands on the steering wheel, and on every finger was a diamond ring. And wrapped between every finger and every diamond ring, he placed $100 bills. Between every finger and every diamond ring, grabbed hold of the steering wheel of a Cadillac with $100 bills as they placed him in the ground. The estimates of the funeral cost were $200,000. Somebody came up to William Stokes. And as they were placing his son in the ground, they said this, ain't that living? Ain't that living? That ain't living, that's dying. Living is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Living is being buried in a pine box. Because it really doesn't matter. Because you're not there anymore. 
Living is the moment you close your eyes in this world, you open your eyes to the pearls in the gates and the streets of gold and the diamond-encrusted heaven that's waiting for you. Living is finding out that there's a room there for you and being prepared to go. And so my question for you this morning and my question for me is are we prepared for what He has prepared for us? And the only way you can know if you're prepared is if you know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, it's not an accident that you love us, that you care for us, and that you sent your son to die for us. And Father, with all my heart, I believe that you have prepared a place for us because your word has always proven true. And so God, my prayer this morning is if there is someone here who does not know you through a personal relationship in the forgiveness of sins, that this morning would be the morning of salvation. Father, that this morning would be the morning that they make a reservation for heaven. Father, there may be someone here who wants to place their membership in our family. Father, there may be someone here who just wants to spend time in prayer with you. Father, whatever that is, I pray that they would have the comfort and the freedom to do that. And we trust that you will give that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that in the most powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In just a few moments, we're going to stand and we're going to sing together. This will be your opportunity to respond publicly if you so choose to do that. If you want to know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing would give me more pleasure than to share with you how you can do that. If you want to place your membership in the family of this church, we would love to have you to do that. If you want to spend some time just praying here at the altar, the altar is always open for you to do that. Whatever decision you need to make, I pray that you will have the courage and the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to do that as we stand together and as we sing.